Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is Archery Unfiltered, where I, Wendell Souza, cover California archery events and what it takes to make you a better archer. Good evening, everybody. I'm with my long, long-time archery friend, outlaw partner, and uh, co-host to the show, uh, Jim Padilla. How's it going tonight, Jim? It's going good. Dude, I wanted to get you on the show just because I consider you a co-host more than a... I mean, I consider you a friend more than a co-host, but I consider you a co-host more than like a guest just because... I feel like <laughs> of all the guests I have on the show, most of the guests are like trying to be real, like <laughs> real polite. And I can probably say some shit that doesn't make sense. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. But <laughs> if you're on the show, you'll just tell me, no, you're fucking retarded. <laughs> like right out of the gate. And so I, I guess I miss, I haven't had anyone on the show to tell me I'm retarded lately. And I kind of miss that. <laughs> Well, it's that's what I'm here for. You know, that's what r- real friends are. You can tell them that you're wrong and disagree and still be friends. And you, you, just your way of doing it so smooth. <laughs> I, just, I really, ooh, I just needed that. <laughs> so, yeah, man, there's so much shit going down in archery, and I thought, who better to talk about it with than you? Like, we always kind of bounce stuff off each other. Hey, did you see this in the news? You see this in the, you know, archery world, you know? Uh, right, right. I don't think many other, I mean, within our circle of friends, I don't think many other people stay abreast of the archery world like you do. And even though I claim to not be on social media, I am. So I feel like when I see something, you've either seen it already or, you know, you're about to see it, you know? Or we're texting each other at the same time. Yes. Look at this, right? (laughs) I just saw that. (laughs) So the first thing I want to talk about was Elite. Uh, elite released new bows. We got a bunch of stuff to cover tonight, but we're gonna. We're, I'm gonna soft Cosby everyone into this. We're gonna lull you in nice and slow with some new bow releases, and then we'll get into the crazy shit, the crazy archery news that's been going down. And I'm just gonna title. I'm gonna title this episode uh, "Douglas and Gillingham Fired," <laughs> like in bold, bold letters, right? Yeah. And then we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit, but we'll start with yeah. the, the easy stuff, which is. Uh, the elite bows. Have you checked? Have you seen these? Uh, I have a little bit. Um, <laughs> Dude, every, every time I say, have you seen these? I feel like um, Jay Leno when he's like, hey, have you guys seen this? Have you guys heard about this? <laughs> <laughs> Jay Leno. Uh, have you caught yourself on fire lately then? Did he do that? Oh, that's right in his car, right? Yeah, I don't know what happened. Backfired through the carburetor or whatever and splashed on his face. Fuck. Burned up his gigantic chin. Uh, yeah. Not poor Did he have to get, like, skin grafts and shit? 
I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, so let's talk about Elite. He probably got Conan O'Brien's. He probably told ABC, give me Conan O'Brien's skin. <laughs> and he <laughs> said, sure. <laughs> so Elite released three new bows. Uh, terrible names, but it's okay. I'm going to let it go because the bows themselves, Elite makes some badass bows. Um, the Ethos, which I believe is a 33-inch axle axle. Uh, hunting bow, but comes in target what? colors. I think they all come in target colors if you want, except for the carbon bow. Okay. Uh, the Kairos, which is a banana's name. It reminds me of the people from Egypt. Um, Both of these are having history, historical type names to me. Yeah, Kairos is the opportune time. In ancient Greek, the word Kairos means time. But not oh. just any time. It's about timelessness. The special moment when it's the opportune time to say or do a particular thing. Oh, interesting. Great job on the backstory there. It's the Kairos to say, that's a fucking dumb name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That's a little excessive. Um, and the last one is the Allure, which I think okay. you can tell just by the name, that's their bow for women. <laughs> For the dedicated huntress. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> it's kind of a lame-ass name for a women's bow, too. It reminds me of the Hoyt Vixen. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, dude, yeah. just call it a bow's name and say it comes in women's sizes. I don't know. I heard Elite doesn't really uh, respect women all that much. So Yeah, some companies uh, frame it as for the smaller framed archer. Right? So that would be like me, for example. <laughs> You know, I guess I mean, on the uh, shorter frame, I shouldn't say smaller frame because I'm pretty thick. Okay, <laughs> you're like, all right, whatever. <laughs> uh, the ethos is the distinguishing character slash sentiment. So, what is it? distinguishing character, sentiment, moral nature, or guiding beliefs of a person, group, or institution? What I find interesting, both. Uh huh. Three inches, axle, axle. They're both four and a half pounds. Yes. And the only distinguishing thing that I can see on the stats is uh, the brace height is like. Yes, the brace height's a little different. That's about it. They're the same, same. price, same axle to axle, the Ethos and the Kairos. The risers look relatively similar. It Maybe one's a little more upright. Than the other, like a flatter, well, flatter looking riser. What's what's a little different too is the bigger brace side is actually the faster bow. Interesting. By five feet a second. So interesting. Elite is known for making fast fucking bows. Yeah, and they all have uh, you know you can get you know what Elite's famous for the ninety percent let off. Yes, I I dude I want to get into that because I thought that I was an a 90% let off guy. Yeah. But I'm, I'm learning that I'm not. Uh, yeah. But I, I feel like I should shoot, shoot some scores before I say that. Okay. There you go. Uh, that would be yeah. That would be pertinent. Or what they call that? Uh, conservative, I guess. But w I got to say the carbon bow, the era that was released huh? a little while ago, that and the Omnia are like speed demons. And they're not even, like, I don't even know if that was, like, their advertised thing. You know, like, PSE makes the, uh, what's PSE's speedy bow? The Omen? Yeah. 
Uh, and it, that's like the whole thing behind it. It's like the omen, my built for speed, you know? Right. Um, the era and the, the Omnia, I think, I don't know what their selling points were. I would guess it's the set technology and the, the adjustability behind it, but I think these bows are as fast as the PSC Omen. If not, right, be- they're right behind it. Yeah, that so. could be. Yeah, so I don't Crazy. mean to poo-poo on the three new bows, but the two that they had just released were pretty damn good. Uh, the cool. Ethos does look a lot like the Verdict, which I like. Okay. Know? I thought the Verdict would be a perfect bow if it came in like a 35-inch or 36-inch axle axle. Uh, you know, 33 is a, a little small, but perfect for a hunting bow. Right, right. You know? So, anyway. Well, they, they all are. Yeah. Yeah, what uh, what do you think of these, Jim? The three new ones. Uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, good that they have uh, one that's a nice, solid bow targeted towards... Uh, ladies, uh-huh. and uh, also could be for like we talked about the smaller frame arch or somebody, you know, uh-huh. uh, without being having pink on it. You know, that was one of the things I've heard from different ladies, good shooters, also that uh, quit it with putting pink on there. You know, <laughs> they, they do not like it. You know, I, if I want a pink, if they want a pink bow, they're going to get a pink bow, but don't you know. <laughs> Put all the details in pink, you know? It's just so, like... I fully understand that, but I feel like calling it the allure is basically putting pink on it. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that would be the next one that <laughs> if they had some kind of input, they would, you know, mention. Uh, looks like Elite's doing away with the Kuyu pattern. Oh, no, really? Yeah. The closest thing they have to Kuyu now is something called Vuni, which is a you like color palette okay uh, well, maybe, well maybe the uh the price the price for uh using that was was too much well they got the real tree Vuni, yeah that's probably Vuni's probably their own yeah so i typed in you know i googled Vuni. They also, well see, now they're using first light they have first light pattern who does elite Elite, elites doing first light. They have a. It's called first light scepter. Let's see. I see true timber strata. They are doing first light scepter. You're right. And they do have. And again, true timber strata. So those are two patterns they have to pay for. You know, uh-huh. well, real tree ones. Yeah, Matt. I know Matthews does a first light pattern also. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because uh, Levi went to first light. Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, went to f- that first light camo. So, you know, they kind of... Matthews followed suit and got their hands on one of the... Let's see, I'll, I'll look it up and figure out what pattern it is. I typed in Vooney gear, and mm-hmm. there is a full, like, website for their camo. I mean, it looks oh. it, lo- it looks cool. Um, Let me check it out. It looks cool. I would guess... It kind of reminds me of the old ASAT camo. Oh, okay. Um, I'm wondering if this company is owned by whatever that buyer group that owns Elite, or you know what I mean, like that uh, outdoor. Co- is it the outdoor, 
the outdoor company or the the out, outdoor gear company? Outdoor group? Yeah, the outdoor group. I wonder if the outdoor group owns Funi Gear also. Hmm, I don't know. So, anyway, not important. First Light Spectre is the. Did we say Scepter? Yeah, Spectre is that color. Matthews also does it. Ah. Let's see. Optifade, Subalpine on the Matthews, and Elevated. Those are, um, what's that called? It's off the top of my tongue. It starts with an S. What's that What's that camo company that's, uh, want to be Kuyu? Sitka, yeah. You ever think about wearing Sitka, Jim? Um, I originally would, but uh, I had a hard time like finding a place that had a lot of it. Really? You know, and uh, the the pieces and parts I tried on weren't weren't quite quite fitting. Mm, yeah, they just weren't what I was looking for. And then the places I had went at to look at it. No one can really tell me about it other than reading from the tag on that point. Well, I could do that, you know? <laughs> yeah, at least at least we live near the the Kuyu store so we can go in and try shit on. Yeah. Know? And then the, the people that are in the Kuyu store, it will sound a commercial like, but um they hunt, you know, and Yeah. We we know that one guy, the the redhead guy that's there, you know, and Alan yeah. knows and uh, we know he hunts, and and they can firsthand tell you hows and whys, and you know, and yeah, what they take out in the field. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I like the way their stuff was cut, and you know, for their different different uh, items. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like I aforementioned, that they can explain to me why you know what this was meant for, and you know. You can kind of use it for this, kind of for that, but it's mostly meant for, you know, this situation. So, yeah, that's why I went with it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Matthews, this uh, Optifade Elevated 2 looks pretty cool. Yeah. I wouldn't mind getting some of that, but I'm fucking broke, so there's no way I'm going to spend. You know what's funny? I was at a family reunion recently, right, with guys that have hunted their whole lives. And they were all giving me respect as if I've killed something, right? Or killed something with antlers, <laughs> I should say. And they're all looking at, like, my... I was wearing, like, a Kuyu sweater and... What was that? Like, First Light shorts? Yeah. And they're like, man, I could never afford that stuff. <laughs> and I was like, what are you guys hunting? And they're like, real tree timber. Or like, just some old-ass <laughs> fucking this and some jeans and, like, you know, knee-high socks and boots. <laughs> just fucking i mean it works i know dude i know i i feel so silly decked out in hunting gear and being such a poor ass hunter amongst these guys (laughs) you know opportunities they have versus the opportunities you have you know Uh, a funny story i i know hunting stories are super lame to tell especially on a (laughs) podcast but this one's kind of funny my uncles i have a bunch of uncles and they're all they're all rednecks they they're with my dad. They're hunting down the coast, and they see a like a a handful of really big pigs, like out in the like like down the coast, right out in public land, and uh, and the, they're huge, 
and they can't quite tell if that like they like something looks different about these pigs. So they start shooting, and like by the end of it, they have killed like ten or fifteen pigs. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and they're like, oh my god, we found like this fountain of pig, <laughs> like a fountain. Like a, you know what I mean? What do they call that when there's like a spring, you know, in the side of a hill? And right. <laughs> so they're walking up to go like tag and gut these pigs. And a dude runs out and goes, those are my, my kids 4-H pigs. <laughs> oh, no. And they're like, what the hell are they doing out here? And he's like, they escaped. I've been tracking them for hours. Oh, no. And uh, he was like, you guys aren't going to get away with this. Like, you owe me for these fucking pigs. And so they went and they got a fish and game guy, uh, like a, they found like a game warden or something like that. Right. And the guy goes, they were out on public land. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm just trying to get them back. And he goes, they don't owe you shit, dude. It's a fair game, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here. Go waste my time. Game over. <laughs> yeah. He is like, shut the fuck up, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like one of the craziest stories where my, my uncles are like, ah, fish and game guy was pretty cool. They almost always hate. Yeah, game guys. <laughs> but this time, yeah, we actually got hassled this last weekend when oh. I w- went out hunting, and uh, my uncle was driving, driving me and my dad around, and then me and my dad get out and hunt, well, I'd hike for a little bit. And um, one of the times we got out and hiked, apparently the fish and game came through and uh, hassled my uncle. Is like, where do you, where's your handgun? Like, where are you put, where are you hiding your handgun? He's like, I don't have a handgun. This is like my uncle literally just went to drive us. <laughs> And they ended up pulling everything out of our vehicle to find nothing. Wow. Yeah. They found my elk shed, which I wasn't supposed to have. Okay. But they didn't care about it. They just wanted the handgun. The handgun that wasn't there. Yeah. How about that, huh? Interesting. I guess when you're on, like, um, you know, where we hunt, I guess you're subject to... Can Fish and Game just search whoever they want? Like no warrant. Um, you know, I have heard that Fish and Game does have a little more power than the regular police. Oh, they, you know, they can write you speeding tickets. They can, you know, they can do everything that a regular so-called policeman can do, and along the lines of what they do. <laughs> dude, I sh- I got in the wrong line of work. I should have been a Fish and Game dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be pulling people over like, where's the weed? Give me the weed. Yeah. Get out of the fucking, give me the weed. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, uh, that was small tangent there, but I'm still working on getting a buck. So, How much more do you got? How many more times? Uh, I think two. Okay. Uh, I'm hunting all weekend this weekend, so it's not going to be like a single day thing. I'm going deep, going out, going to be camping out there. Uh, Woo! Yeah, man. And then uh, got one more possibly in two or three weeks. You know, we got the AB event coming up, my Uncle Mark's birthday. And then afterwards, it'll be the last, I think, one day left for the tag that we're holding. Okay. Well, you, I think you got some chances for some weather there that could uh Yeah, it's looking real paper. cool. It's You're 100% right, dude. It's cooling down hardcore. Yeah. Dude, I can't tell you. I got so close to so many spikes last week. And I'm just like, what the fuck, man? You guys couldn't have a one little fork? So they were all they were all out moving around, huh? Yeah, they're moving around. And they're they're dumb. Like they're 
they're so hell bent on trying to get laid that they're not paying attention to. Sure. Well, that's that's what you're. That's what uh, you have a chance of. You know, the deeper in the season you go down there. Yeah, and you I, were out Saturday. You were out Sunday, huh? Sunday, yeah. So yeah, when the wet moving. Yeah, yeah. It was it was sprinkling and. You know, the areas had already been hiked through by people on Saturday, so... Right. You know, they should have been more alert, I guess, but they full-on weren't. And uh, it was really windy, so I I think the wind also plays in your favor. Like, I know, you know, they say watch the wind to make sure your sense, you know, not getting blown right into them. Right. But I think if the wind is really strong... It also masks the wind masks the sound of your your hiking. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I think I personally I think they they get kind of nervous, you know, when it's windy because mm-hmm. they like <laughs> it's like we are you know out in the forest at night. And like, what was that? Yeah, yeah, big time. Dude. I'm like, well, I think I'll just keep moving here a little bit and see, you know, make sure. Yeah, dude, and I started learning a little bit about being quieter, like. Um, like not to just go tromping through like, you know, anything like I like follow game trails, you know? So uh-huh. I, I hiked through a lot of game trails and kept real quiet, check the wind like constantly, you know? And, uh, I feel like I'm getting better at this, but I mean, you know, only antlers are proof. Well, I, I think you are. If you, you saw that much, you know, you made a lot of tracks and you ran into that many uh, animals. I think uh, you oh, are, dude. So I I was chasing a buck. I did see a buck early in the morning, and, uh-huh. I, and he didn't see me, but he was on the way up and over a hill. So I was starting to follow him. When I get to the top of the hill, I turned around, and at the bottom of the hill was the biggest boar that I had ever seen. Oh, <laughs> I so you know, I know our buddy Rudy's losing a bunch of weight. I don't know if I've said this already, but he's he's slimmed down to a, a James Gandolfini size now. No. And, <laughs> a, a nice, slim Gandolfini. And this pig that I saw was three, I don't want to say three, that's probably an exaggeration, two old Rudies, non, oh. non-Gandolfini Rudies. Uh, what, what's that in the metric? Can you just uh, transfer that to metric? uh I I can't. <laughs> I only do American <laughs> American okay. systems here, but uh, yeah, I went down. I abandoned my the buck that I was walking after because he was like 200 yards in front of me, and he was moving. So I was like, okay, he's way faster than I am. Super, you know, super pigs down there. So I get to the bottom of the hill and I go after this pig and he kind of catches wind that I'm nearby and he dips down in, in this tall grass and disappears. And that's when I found my elk shed. So I was like, eh, you know, I'll go back to looking for bucks or something. I don't know. I just, I'm so all over the place, dude, when it comes to hunting. <laughs> that's why I want to go with you, man. I want to go with you. And, and so you can really be like, dude, you're a basket case. <laughs> we could, uh, we could work it out together. We'll see. Yeah, dude. It'll be cool. So, all right. What's that, dude? What were we going to say? You going to add something? No, no. Okay. So, um, hunting is the perfect segue into Paige. Paige Pierce. Paige Pierce. Yeah. The, uh, 
Hunting on the Dark Continent. <laughs> okay, hold on. Yeah, so Paige just recently smoked a big-ass giraffe. Yeah. In Africa. Bull giraffe with a 40-yard hard shot. The thing ran 50 yards. Yeah, trippy. Uh, fell over dead. Trippy shot because it was like looking right at her, and she knew exactly she knew exactly where to put it. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, it's weird because you always think of like, okay, you're going to hit it behind the shoulder or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she knew where to, you know, where yeah, to send, send it head on. The the kind of uh, videos and information I've read up on, you know, the guides are really, really particular. They really know the anatomy of the animals down there. And then the African animals tend to have just really thick hides, really heavy muscle, and really bigger bones than anything here in North America. So they mm-hmm. they, they really school you on, on your placement, and they... They knew for her poundage in that setup that the frontal shot was going to be the best. Uh huh. So, and then, you know, not to mention she stuck it right in the heart. So, and she built a setup just for that giraffe, right? Yeah. She went, uh, what was that, uh, Ranch Ferry style 700 grain arrows? Piss missile. Yeah. <laughs> she sent the piss missile at it. And just, just, man. Yeah. Well, you know, that. A great thing, you know, here Paige Paige's been hunting, you know, most of her life. Yes. Bow hunting to boot. But here's the perfect we do competitive archery to help you become the you know, do as the perfectest shot as you possible in in a hunting situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with the, the pressures of competition, you know, transfers over to hunting, you know, and then you you get yourself under control and execute. and It's kind of like the highest pressure form of it, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I know there's going to be people that don't hunt that are going to say, well, I do archery for, you know, X, Y, and Z, and I feel pressure and all that. But I, I kind of understand, like, what you're saying. You know? Sure. Oh, and it, and it is. I mean, there's there's different pressures, you know, I mean, going up to the line. But, you know, at times when you're hunting, you know, you could be stalking an animal like you were for, you know, an hour or more. Right. You know, waiting to get into the perfect position and then. Right. And then that animal gives you the shot you want. And then it's like, yeah. okay, now what happens to your body? Yeah. Keep waiting, you know, hope he doesn't move. Hope he doesn't, you know, turn or duck or. You know, the wind doesn't pick up or it doesn't see me draw. You're, you're a... narrating my nightmares. <laughs> Scenarios that I've lived over and over. <laughs> yes. So I was going to say, okay, we all know Paige. She don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. You know, she's going to go out and do the damn thing. Great. Um, you know, she got she got quite a bit of hate on her social media. I don't think she paid any attention to it. I think she's yeah. she's kind of used to like I'm going to do this thing and yeah I mean there's not only hate she's actually getting death threats <laughs> for the giraffe yeah right now I was going to say we've talked about this because we actually did a podcast earlier and then I fucking lost it in <laughs> the one that we were taught you know in the earlier podcast I was saying that it was 
her shooting a giraffe is cringy. And I think, I mean, I know most people, I'm going to, if I say that, most people that listen to this are going to either give me the middle finger or, I don't know, call me a snowflake or something, right? Yeah. Um, which I totally get. I totally understand. I understand the cringiness of shooting a giraffe, though, because it's gigantic. Like, it ain't going to hide from you because it's fucking 60 feet tall or whatever. Right. Uh, it can't run fast. Well, actually, they can run fast. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty fat, and I feel like I could outrun a giraffe. No. No. <laughs> See, dude, that's why I like having you on this show, dude. You got you to about that leg, the, the the length of their legs and how much how much uh, you ever try to keep up walking with somebody taller than you? Yeah, all the time, dude. Everyone's taller than me. Yeah, so yeah. quadruple quadruple that. And, yeah, uh, but they just I feel like they can only do it for like 10 feet, dude. They just look like lumbering jackasses. <laughs> well, in that that uh, 10 feet, you know, they make quite a bit of distance. Yeah, okay, fair. Fair. Um like, you know, my redneck family members are like, "Why would you want to shoot a giraffe? Are you gonna eat? A, are you gonna eat a giraffe?" But they're rednecks, so they don't know any better. You know, right? They don't understand safari hunting. All they know is pig, deer, and you know, Miller High right. Li- Miller High Life's, I guess. So, um, well, to each their own. I mean, there's people well, that have you converted me with, with uh, us shooting Bambi. Okay, that, yeah. there's the thing. This whole thing we're saying it's cringy to shoot a giraffe can easily, if you just take a step back, that sphere can include deer now, or it can include pigs, or or anything, basically, right. if you just take a you step know, back. People, people don't have – there's a lot less people that have a problem with you shooting a pig or a turkey because physically to them they look ugly. Yeah. So, giraffes kind of look neat, I guess, to some Giraffes, people. you know, they they, they – know, they, they, Line it up with a stuffed animal, you know? Yeah, yeah. I personally don't think they look cool. They look like dirty ass. I mean, if you're that that big, you can't groom yourself. You're going to be a disgusting <laughs> creature. So, Have you seen? Well, I'm, I'm not going to go down that road, but okay. <laughs> what? Where are we going? <laughs> you know, their, their neck, move, they move pretty far on their neck, and they have a tongue that's like <laughs> pretty uh, long. Uh, pretty versatile, huh? Uh, I wouldn't say versatile. They get, they get pretty freaky with that yeah. tongue. When everybody gets a chance, you go on YouTube and look at them, you know, when they feed these animals and Dude, do what they do. So did you Google this before or after Washington Page shoot this thing? No, no, no. no. Dude, your, your Google search history is fucked up, I'm sure. Oh. <laughs> you know, I watch these videos of people, like, uh, getting scared. They're going to the... Uh, animal parks and then these animals you know the animals know when the cars come there's food in there so they stick their head in there and yeah. these people freak out oh, people, so. yeah okay all right i'm sure so um so the thing i i wanted to talk about regarding this is you would actually when we were discussing this you'd actually converted me from someone who was on the cringe side of this to actually being <laughs> someone who was like oh this is actually pretty cool this stuff they don't talk about right like uh that giraffe got turned into food for school children right it got donated to school, yeah, school children right my village uh got 1500 pounds of meat 
you know, uh, yeah. them. So <laughs> one of my redneck uncles was saying, so I was telling him like, okay, I was on, you know, I had already been converted at this point. So I was saying, okay, the, the reason why this African safari stuff works out so well is because now that giraffe, you know, we go over there. When I say we, I mean Americans go over there. We pay a certain amount of money to go kill mm-hmm. one of these animals, right? So now that animal has a price tag or it has a value. So now those yeah. guys have an incentive to not let poachers kill that animal, right? Right. And, oh, they might even – I know some people, like, hire and convert poachers into being, like, anti-poachers. So totally. That's like, uh, you know, like the, whole, the old uh, days, you know, the companies would hire – the best hackers to provide security for them against other hackers. Yes, exactly. Like the feds, right? Would take a, yeah. a hacker and be like, okay, you don't want to get butt raped in jail. You know, be a fed now. And the guy's yeah. like, oh, so sweet. <laughs> um, but my uncle had a very good argument against that. Okay. And he said, what, how do we know those poachers aren't just feeding school kids? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. Okay. All right. Most likely they're not, right? They're selling no. the, they're selling this giraffe to like Chinese boner pill manufacturers. Yes. Right? They're going to grind that thing into powder and you know, Xi Jinping is going to snort it off <laughs> some hooker's <laughs> back <laughs> so he can get hard while he watches the Chinese stock market tank. All right. So, that I don't know. He had a good argument because we don't know what those poachers do. But most likely they're not giving it to these kids, right? Right. Well, see, the, the thing with the, the poachers from the, the amount I know, they were paid more money than they could make anywhere else at the time. Mm-hmm. So, so they're definitely the- not giving it to school children. <laughs> well, a lot of times they were just taking, you know, just the parts requested, you know, yeah. the I, the rhino horn, the gallbladders, whatever, you know, yeah, the feet, you know, and and <laughs> Dude, they yeah. were getting, they, so they were like they weren't getting paid for the meat, you know, so they Dude. just leave, take the parts they wanted, and left the rest. You know that whenever it, the Chinese black market guys are coming to you, they're they're always gonna want the dick. <laughs> they're gonna want X, <laughs> Y, and Z parts and the dick, right? <laughs> Because that's what they're all about. Can you imagine being those African poachers and be like, please, please let this guy want anything but the dick. I just don't want to be right. another dick off today. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese guys like horn, uh, gallbladder. You got all that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, and the dick, too, <laughs> while you're at it. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Damn it. Again. God damn it. <laughs> so funny, dude. My boss asked me if I would go back to China. For, oh, you know, and I was like, uh, I was like, I, I'm, I say a lot of stuff. I got a lot of jokes about China that I probably, you know, if their CIA listens to this podcast or their version of the CIA, I probably should not go back over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, you had actually converted me and I became very pro page shooting draft. She has, you, you think she's going for the. African Safari Big Five, right? I don't know if she's no. I don't. I'm not sure if she's going, but that is a uh, 
one of the uh, big five animals? No. No? Giraffe's not on there? The giraffe is not on there. Oh, well, shit. The, never, never mind. Let's see. Let me pull it up. Uh, let's see. The lion, the leopard, black rhinoceros, an elephant, and the Cape Buffalo. Okay. Do you know how many so she's, of those animals she's taken out? Uh, she's got a lion. Okay. All right. So she, she could probably get an elephant. And she'd probably get a leopard but the and the buffalo. Yeah. But the rhinoceros, I don't know how, how that could happen now because I'm pretty sure they – I saw that guy Jim Shockey mm-hmm. and he – but they did it with a uh, sedative dart kind of arrow. Uh-huh. And they they did took some numbers from it, you know, and checked its teeth. and. That's how they did it? Because tra- are the rhinos uh, endangered or something? Yeah, there's so, so few of them because of poaching, you know, because they want the horn. That's all they do is just cut the horn off and leave the rest. So mm-hmm. there's no... No, nobody's getting the meat from that. And uh, what's uh, all right? If she was gonna go for that, she'd have to kill an elephant. That's how do you feel about killing an elephant? That would be incredibly dangerous and a hell of a shot. <laughs> Paige could do it. She could definitely. Do it. Um, I don't know if they could put it on YouTube, though, because she'd probably shoot it in the fucking head. No, she's definitely not shooting it in the head. I know. With just showing, how, showing how much of a non-hunter I actually am. Okay. Uh, so, what is the... Uh, what's the su- Is it the Grand Slam or the Super Slam for North American big game hunting? The Super Slam the is super- the North American... What is it? It's a it's a sheep, right? Uh, let's see. Uh, twenty nine big game animals you need. You have to shoot twenty nine big game animals. There's a lot of animals in the North America, bro. <laughs> white tailed deer. I want to. I want to. I want to go hunting for white tailed deer. So you'd have to get the. Uh, White-tailed deer, mule deer, black-tailed deer, coos deer. Um, I wonder if Hans at West Coast is is on this kick. Ditka deer. He's done a bunch of these. Uh, Rocky Mountain elk, Roosevelt elk, Thule elk. Damn. A moose. What do you get? Shir- do you know what you get if you complete all this? Um. Now, not too much. You get hate mail, death threats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, most wanted on the fucking PETA yeah. website. Yeah. I mean, there's, what, three three types of moose. Whenever you got sight, yeah. a vegetarian throws tofu at you. Yeah. Two, two, three types of caribou. Four Coug- types of cougar. Five types of caribou. Cougars on there. Polar bear. Brown bear. Wait a minute. Aren't polar bears endangered? Yeah, so that makes it tough. (laughs) 
like that's gonna be extra tough for you because that's an endangered species. Yeah, <laughs> that it's a protected animal, dude. You could just pay a, a zoo when the when the old ass polar bear is about to go. Be like, I'll put it out. Yeah, I wonder if they'd count that in the in Super Slam. Who knows? The cougar, yeah. Oh, and then the some of the one of the tougher ones too is uh, you know, obviously the polar bear and the muskox because it's you know way up there. Way up where? In the polar. Oh, the polar area. areas. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, the bison, the mountain goat, antelope, bighorn sheep, doll sheep, desert bighorn sheep, stone sheep. Damn. So. 29, so if you, man, if you did one a year, it'd take you 30 years. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, you'd have to be, you know. Yeah, you could definitely have a a cool palette, though, for for different animals. You know? Right. People are like, what does antelope taste like? You're like, yeah, a little bit like mountain lion. Yeah. That's cool. I had this guy I used to work with from Florida, and he had... uh, he had what we'll call jokes, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. he, what he used to say. He goes, you know, what do you say? Manatee, you know. He said, we had some of that. I go, yeah, what's it taste like? He goes, like, uh, you know, those turtles, those turtles you can't. <laughs> and uh, maybe a little bit of bald eagle, you know. T- <laughs> ah, dude, I love that. That's funny. <laughs> Oh, dude. Okay, so I want to announce the uh, Archery Unfiltered. We'll call it the the Slam Five. Arch- okay, Archery Unfiltered Slam Five is going to be uh, things I've killed and things I want to kill. So it would be uh, rat, right? Possum, raccoon, um, a dog, <laughs> and. Uh, dolphin and <laughs> dolphin yeah i really want to i really want to shoot a dolphin bad Did you kill the dolphin or just flog the dolphin uh, me yeah uh, I, I i kill a dolphin or two okay <laughs> i i'm seriously considering um like if i could just save up a little money uh going to japan during the dolphin hunting season and uh filming like a you know like an archery hunt where i just stand on a rock and put a phelps game call in the water and and call a dolphin over to me and fucking (laughs) fucking (laughs) slice one in half with a rage (laughs) on this year's taji dolphin drive hunt right america (laughs) archery unfiltered (laughs) the japanese are just celebrating me like a fucking like godzilla <laughs> you better hurry up because I think they're going, they're starting to close down this thing. No, they're not. It's bigger than ever. Yeah. I think they're they're gonna. Let's see. You know what's well, funny? We'll you know what's funny is, I would get a bunch of hate, and I'd be like, "What? It's not as cringy as Paige shooting a giraffe, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> look at her. Yeah. Well, yeah, look at. Don't look at me. Yeah. Uh, last I heard that they were expanding this. Oh. When you tell Japanese people that you can't do something, they end up saying, oh, yeah, <laughs> come stop us. And then, you know, 
bombs get dropped and they stop. But uh, yeah, yeah. The, the dolphin thing is different. They're pretty good with the whales too, uh, keeping them in check. Yeah, yeah. They really don't like anything that fucks with the sushi supply. Is <laughs> really at the end of the day. You know what? They're, they're very good about keeping up traditions. Oh yeah, that's what they're gonna call it. Tradition. Yeah. And that, as a Japanese man, it is also my tradition. <laughs> Half Japanese. I'm an American man, but I have I have heritage. Dude, the the way they do it, they just give them one swift like samurai sword chopped to the back of the head and then just drive yeah, them up it, on shore. That is the quickest way. You know, that's kind of like how they kill um uh, you ever seen how they kill like sheep and pigs? Yeah. Don't they, they do get that nail gun? Bolt- yeah, bolt gun. Yeah. They go no country for old men on them. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's what he had, right? He had a, like a cattle so. killing thing. Yeah. Modified. This doesn't look as clean as that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just because the water's around. but You uh, know there's some Japanese guy that's not getting laid that's really, really getting into this. Yeah. Like he's hacking away. But... Uh, the- Inner Samurai. Yeah, I'm not going to say I wouldn't get all boned up doing this also. You know, <laughs> Let me ask, Jim. Uh, let's say you're on the beach. Dolphin swims by, giving you the middle flipper. Completely broadside to you. Where do you put that arrow? Where's the kill shot? <laughs> are you going behind the, uh, are you going behind, um, the flipper? The main flipper? Yeah, you, uh, you know, I'm going to just keep up with the North American-style animals, so I'm going to go uh, quartering away <laughs> behind the flipper in line with the blowhole, try to pass it out the other side. <laughs> you're, go- you're going like conventional kill, uh, you know, conventional 10-ring, basically. Yeah. ASA 10-ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> behind the armpit, <laughs> quartering right. away. I like it. I like it. I think I would do the. Um, I think I would go Phelps. I I think Phelps would make me an extra long dolphin call. I'd stand on top of a rock, and I'd th- try try to go down through the blowhole. Oh, I feel like that'd be a a good way to, you know, with a rage that's definitely going to get a a windpipe and maybe a heart. Yeah, it would so definitely something. There'd be a little bit of big time trouble breathing. Yeah, it's not going to go. It's it wouldn't go twenty, for sure. It's not going to go down under the water. That's for sure. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> the finer points here, <laughs> dude. I don't. I think. I really think I. You know, I talk about being a, a cold blooded American patriot, but something about seeing all these dolphins on shore. I just want to tie a Rising Sun headband on and can take it's the DNA. You know, you're going to start uh, pronouncing, you're going to have a, what do they call that? Uh, not a lisp, but a, an accent. accent. Yeah, the accent's going to come out thick. Fuck you, Dauphin. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude, they're still doing it. Taiji Cove. Yeah. That'd yeah, be a, it doesn't look like. I mean, that's they're, they're, be a they're sick picture. back, but I think they're doubling down. I think that's going to be my number one grip and grin. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, anyway, uh, that was the page shooting the giraffe segment. Let mm-hmm. me... And now we are moving on to the... All right, we'll go meat and potatoes, and then we'll go a little more, like, soft Cosby news. Okay? Sure. Uh, the big news, um, Kyle Douglas and Tim Gillingham released from their Bowtech contracts. What do you think about yeah. that shit, dude? So, you know... Reading up on what some comments that were left on Greg Poole's post, you know, on Facebook, uh, he's the uh, know-all, see-all of everything archery, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's, he says this never happened before. Okay. This, this kind of thing. Yeah, people have been let go, but usually it's like the end of their contracts and they just haven't been renewed. And, right. And he's, you know, and plays night. I'm sorry. Thank you. We're uh, moving on to the, you know, yes. can't wait for my new adventures, you know, or yes. see what happens. But this one, you know, last year was a big to-do. They brought Kyle from PSE, signed him on to a multi-year contract. Big deal. Nearly instant success with him on the team. Yes. Uh, Tim, a longtime Bowtech shooter. I mean, he's probably been on the team, I don't know, what, five years? Probably, plus? yeah. You yeah, know, definitely a handful of years. Because um, I know, know Paige has been on the team, what, three, four years? Long time. Yeah, so. Um, Hasn't, so Tim's been there longer than Paige has? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's had a really good run there, obviously. but And, and, and obviously, you know, if you're following any kind of archery, you know he's he had a really spectacular year for, yes. you know, and. Oh, so did so did Kyle Douglas. They they both yeah. had really solid years. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of uh, weird because like I I could totally see this making sense if it was like if they were like you know like lower ranked pros. You know what I mean? Well, I mean if they were so called lower ranked pros, pros, it wouldn't have even made the news. Yes, yes. I guess no. that's why it's fucking everyone up is because they're they're such names. Yeah, I mean. It, and the top of their game, yeah, yeah. so to speak. They're you know? kind of peaking. They're they're peaking. You've been around long, more than enough that uh, you've seen some other companies like gut the pro staff. Um, like like who, for example? Uh, I think uh, Elite had a pretty good cleansing there for a while, one year, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to say I can't. I don't know if they. If they cut people, or if people just left for political reasons, you know, I had heard maybe, maybe. yeah. Had, see that thing because when that kind of stuff happens, it's kind of a mutual thing. So we're not, we don't ever get privy to that stuff. And you know, I'm just saying, there's just certain at certain times, certain companies they have had like, hey, you know, there's like three or four people left this company and they went to wherever you know i remember psc also had a time where they uh, you know a group of people left at once it seemed like and uh-huh. you know then it, you know everybody comes up well they must be in trouble they're cutting the pro staff this or that and nothing right. ever comes right and but, no no one knows for sure what's going on because yeah everyone stays pretty tight-lipped about it a closely guarded uh secret you know how much in an We'll say, I'll say it, the top 
tier pro uh-huh. what their contracts are. Right. You know, I would like to know because I'm nosy and I just, I'd like to know, you know, um, you yeah. know but I'm sure it's a case by case basis. You know, some, some companies like you're going to have uh, you win, you're going to have more money winnings yeah. available to you in, in different ways, probably, you know, contingency uh, and yeah. Yeah. And then like, well, our contingency it's not as high as others, but we're going to pay you a, a bigger monetary contract. Yeah, or a salary of some kind. Yes. Yeah, I don't know, like, like I try to work it out how much, like, okay, Botech was very open about their plan is to sponsor amateurs. They're, we're going to cut these two guys. We're going to expand our amateur... Uh, program program yeah right and i think we we kind of mathed out that if you know say they say they were paying tim 50 grand a year um which we don't know we have no clue what they paid him but right we're just making up a number yeah just say they gave him 50 grand Mm -hmm. which that might be lofty for all we know but if they did I remember we uh, worked out the price of a, a bow tech, and I think what did we say it was like they just twenty nine bows basically is what they what they're saving. Yeah, the profit, you know, the profit price, the map price would be like right. twenty nine bows. So if you spread twenty nine bows around to amateurs, it's only like half the states. That's that's. It wouldn't even be a drop in the bucket. Wouldn't really be a drop in the bucket. So no I, one, you know, the you know the nine degrees of separation. You would, if, for the most part, you probably wouldn't know anybody who would get one. Exactly. You know? That's the that's the thing. So say they cut Douglas also. So we'll just say, for example, it's a hundred grand. That's going to be fifty bows. That's like one more bow in the hands of an amateur shooter. Yeah, so we'll just say we'll just add those up. Seventy-five bows, you know. Uh huh. Twenty-five for Tim, seventy-five or you know, fifty for Kyle. So there's seventy-five bows to amateurs out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ninety degrees of separation. We might run into somebody who gets one. But you think so? I don't. Well, okay, that's not true. We are going to know somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we actually have a homie who's on that Bowtech team, but he's in the pro class now. Great. Um, but, yeah, I just don't see it as being – like, I don't see the strategy behind it. They're going to get a bunch of hate. Botech themselves is going to get a bunch of hate from the archery community for leaving these two guys, breaking a contract with them, you know, kind of fucking them over. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how this is a good move for them other than I know the bro staff strategy is pretty effective. Right, as far as what, what, what were we gonna say, Jim? I said, yeah, I was agreeing with you. You're agreeing, yeah. So, like, I know from some shops that I happen to live near that they will sponsor any. You basically get a team jersey when you buy a bow from them. Sure. And then after you get your team jersey, you'll get some kind of discount, like you know, ten, fifteen percent off, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've I've never bought bows from any of these shops, but um. Yeah. Well, we know a few people, you know, and some people have benefited from these. 
I, myself included, you know, for the shop I shoot for, you know, I, I got a, a bow, um, at cost, uh-huh. you know, which was very nice to them, but, uh, I helped out at the shop, you know, and helped in right. the shop. But so you help out I, in the shop, Jim, I, you're also, you know, a pillar in the archery community at, uh, SFA, you know, you're, you're kind of like a known guy over there, you know? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> right? And it's like, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like uh, pompous or arrogant or something, but you know, I've been around, you know, I've done countless tournaments, like, um, and, I, and I also shoot for a shop. I benefit from that, you know, the amateur shop shooter deal, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. But I'm saying that there are shops, you know, in our local area, not our shops that we shoot for, that will sponsor anybody that comes in yeah. and it's yeah. like, you're a part of the team. Now here's your team yeah. discount, you know, and it gets them to come back. And that's the, the strategy behind that is you're creating a repeat business, repeat customer by saying you're on our team. Yeah. I, I don't see how that benefits the shop. You know, I mean, they're just giving discounts away and here's a free shirt and you're part of the team. So, well, I figure, I figure the markup on something, like for example, we'll say the markup on, on something is thirty percent, and they give someone ten percent off. They're still making twenty, or maybe it's a way that they can undercut the map pricing uh, rules. You know, yeah, minimum I, advertised I, price. I'd have to say that they're not making that kind of that kind uh, of cheese overhead. No, yeah, not a not not a long shot. So, what do you think they do that for? Are they? They're still doing it for that strategy of making a repeat business person. The only thing I can think of is that they are by doing that they move more product, so they can get their numbers up, and they might get a better, minuscule, higher tier they fall into. Oh, for um, a dealer like like a dealer tier kind of. Yeah. I mean, but so for people that don't know, if you're a dealer and you you sell X number of Hoyt bows, you move up in like, like all like gold. You could be like a gold tier dealer or diamond tier or something like that. Fifty bows, you're in bronze, you know. And if you uh-huh. sell a hundred bows, you're uh, silver, you know. And you sell two hundred fifty bows, you know. Your gold and you know on and you know and obviously it goes like in that kind of yeah yeah direction and with every tier that comes with benefits of better price break I'd imagine or free yeah they, they, x10s or some shit yeah we we don't want to get too deep in this but uh, yeah the, okay well I don't that, know for sure I'm just I'm speculating this is that's how the shops are okay they they make money but anybody who thinks that the shops are making hand over fist uh you know yeah it's not true 700 850 dollars on a a thousand dollar bow you are grossly mistaken right right and i would say even if someone were to do that Mm -hmm. the cost to operate a shop is like what 12 grand a month or something like that just yeah depending on where your shop is you know the uh, the rents. We'll say are, in California. We're talking just the Bay Area. The the rents are astronomical. Yeah, so. they are. It's madness. So yeah, I, I you know 
I hope I hope Botech has uh, got a plan here. I mean, uh, not that I care. I'm not going to shoot a Botech anytime soon. Yeah, time will tell to see you know what uh, how how this perpetuates itself in the future here. It seems you know? like maybe that um, that Bud Light marketing lady went to Botech and was like, "Oh, I, I, know, I know what you need to do." Oh, yeah. Fire these two fucking fascists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. To, to go back a little bit one step, you know, like, okay, we gave those two guys monetary value for what we thought there was their uh-huh. get paid for, you know. But, you know, most likely they sold more bows or helped, you yes. know, put people in the direction to buy those bows yes. than than uh, what they were getting paid. Yes. Uh, personally, yeah. like I know people that would shoot the Reckoning because of Paige, right? Mm-hmm. But there is also like, okay, a woman shooting that bow. Is that a woman's bow? And then when Douglas and Gillingham are shooting it, now there's more dudes that are like, oh, well, shit, that's a dude's bow. I mean, I know right. it sounds retarded, but there is that, you know, when I saw Douglas make that switch, I saw a lot of people make that switch. Right. So, well, I think most of the time everybody's just going, you know, what both suits them better. You know, they like brand A, B, or C, and then they're going to shoot whatever their target right. model is and then just try to shoot the corresponding axle, axle length that best suits them. You know, I mean, I know some people shoot 40s and some people shoot 37s or 36s, you know, but yeah. they just. They just like they like that bigger open axle, so the string is easier to hit, touch their face versus other people like the shorter one, so they can kind of uh, dig in there a little easier. Yeah, so, yeah, string but, angle, yeah, how they yeah. anchor on their face, all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Greg Poole, um, he commented on this whole thing, saying that you know amateurs are not loyal. He said these two guys are loyal guys. And he said, amateurs are not loyal and will jump to the first free handout. And that, in effect, isn't good for the archery industry. Yeah. I mean, uh, I could see that. I mean, you know, uh, I have, I hang out also at a a tackle store. Mm -hmm. They sell a lot of product. Mm -hmm. So we have... um, What's the big archery show? Uh, NABA? No, that's the local one. Oh, there's one bigger than that? Yeah. Let me see. Uh, not, the, not the SHOT show, but that's the SHOT show's area, the whole industry. There's uh, The ATA trade show? The trade show, yes, the ATA trade show. Uh-huh. So the ATA trade show, and then, of course, they thought really hard and long about this. For the fishing side, they call it ICAST the iCast show. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how similar archery and fishing industry are, you know, for products and everything. <laughs> you know, you, you basically transpose the names and products and the person who runs an archery shop could run a tackle store. <laughs> vice versa. But so what my point is, there's all these people that go to these shows that are supposed to be for dealers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, they're out there handing out resumes 
with their hand out. You know, I like to be a part of your team. When we get on the team, I want to get, you know, discounts, uh-huh. you know, uh, and both of them. And, and most people know it's like, okay, that's nice and all, but this is not the place for it. But anyways, okay. I saw, I see you at your, your local club champion. Congratulations. But, uh, what they need is people that will help them sell and push product. Yes. Yes. You know, you know, even, and so that's where people can become shop shooters, staff shooters, you know, on their way up to be, you know, pro shooters. Well, oh, some of them. I, yeah. To be a pro, you got to shoot a qualifying score. Okay. All right. But uh, there are people that think because you're a shop shooter that makes you a pro, those people are fucking stupid. But just because you shoot a qualifying score, it doesn't make you that the, all of a sudden, as soon as you shoot that, people with uh, from the industry are not going to be coming knocking on your door. Correct. Correct. Because that's when I was an amateur, that's how I came up was, hey, when you start winning this, you know, you go knocking on people's doors. And, you, you know, that's what the guys at my club were telling me. Then, you you know, yeah. you, people are going to give you a contract. And that's not the case. No. I remember no. when I won uh, as an amateur, I won, you know, Reading. And then I won uh, Field Nationals. And that's right. You were so good. No, well, this was all in one year. And I remember asking Hoyt, like, uh, you know, is this good enough to get on pro staff? And Hoyt was like, you got to do it as a pro. You got to win a national as a pro, and that's your surefire shot to get a, a a pro staff contract. You know, and I was like, oh well, these scores are great for an amateur, but pros shit on these scores. You know, like it changes. It like it it kind of puts everything in a, a different perspective. True. So. Yeah. yeah so you no. Know, okay. The what you heard and what you were told. And what really was were two totally, vast, totally things. different things. Yeah, um, I think the guys that were telling me how things were done that may have been how they were done, like in the late '80s, early '90s, Terry Ragsdale era. You know, true. Yeah, and that may not. You know, as things get, you know, but, but even then, those things were different. You know, you, you to become a pro, you had to someone had to vouch for you, and then you had to. You know, you had to meet the expectations, but, you know, mm-hmm. but, you know, when you became a pro, it was like you, you were expected to go to these nationals and compete, you know, yeah, yeah. and uh, put on a good face and, you know, show what you could do. And then you did well or won, then they would come talk to you. Right, right. So, I don't know. Anyway, getting back to the whole thing. Pool was saying, you know, amateurs are not loyal. And, sure. you know, they're going to do whatever. They're going to suck as many dicks as they can for free handouts. And they're going to just jump ship first chance they get. I, I've, I've seen it firsthand. I don't think that's a bad thing. Because I think what that does is, I mean, if they sell that bow, which they will, because they're going to use it to buy the next bow, you now get more bows out out there and it now makes it easier i.e. cheaper for up-and-comers to get their hands on these higher-end bows and then of course they're going to sell them and it's just gonna 
you're making like a, a smooth ramp up into owning high-end gear through used shit, essentially. Nah. You disagree. You're going to have to sell me on that quite I, a bit. <laughs> I did not own a new bow until I shot for archery only. Sure. Every bow that I'd owned up until then was used. My podium. Yeah. Uh, I had a ProTech. Yeah, ProTech like Elite or Pro something Elite. You know? Uh, a Pro Elite. Yeah, Pro Elite. So, you know, that was I, – I am a prime example of that. And I know, like, dudes that um, – you know, dudes that shot at my club, it was kind of a similar deal. If it was something that they had to buy themselves, they had to buy it used. Yeah, I mean, that's fine, buying used. But, I mean, the amount of, you know, people getting free stuff is still pretty small. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so I don't, don't you think don't increasing that pool just a little bit? You're that? saying. Say that again. I don't see having the trickle-down effect like you're saying. Uh, okay, what I'm saying is if Botech floods the market with a bunch of Botechs, right, okay. a bunch of amateur Botechs, they might be expecting what we call cheese dicks to pick up these bows, play with them, wear the Botech jersey, and the next season dump them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, those Botechs are, are going to go to somebody. They're going to go to new shooters. Yeah, but I mean, but that's that's shooting themselves in the foot because then they're not no no one's buying. The they're new, not. Yeah, you're right. No one's new, buying the new shit. Yeah, from Botech, they're buying new stuff. So, so ultimately, it's bad for Botech. I think it's bad for archery because then you know all you're doing is people are buying. They're not striving to get the best bow that fits them. They're just like, well, I'm just going to get this one because it's cheap. Uh huh. All right, I could see that. The bow is adjustable, though. Very adjustable. Oh, no, I understand that, but I'm just saying, you know, different, as you've known, you've uh, dealt with, different systems, different geometries have worked for you at different times. Yes, yes. So That's true. Uh, it's kind of like you, know, you got you to gotta find it at the right time. Different, you know. That's why they make a bow. Some bows 37, some bows... 40, you yeah. know, so yeah, soft cam, medium cam, hard cam, you know. True. It's just, uh, I find it strange that Greg Poole has such ire for the amateur shooter, you know. And let's give credit where credit's due. Greg Poole is definitely, you know, finger on the pulse for the news as far as, yeah. you know, archery news. But, like, he really is a fuck amateur's kind of guy and let's uh how do i say this classly <laughs> okay mm, very much uh let's suck the dick of the pros you know what i mean okay that last part yeah he's definitely on board with the pros there uh i mean on board he's spreading the, cheek for the, the all be, that, you know but uh i don't think he's so much beaten down on the the amateurs per se but I bet I if think, you got him drunk enough, dude, he'll be like, fuck the pro. Yeah, I mean, I bet he'd say some really – because even candidly, he says some pretty, you know, rough shit about pros. And don't get me wrong, the shit he talks about is the stuff that, you know, guys like Rudy and ourselves 
talk about, you know, the quote yeah. che- cheese dick shooter, the mm-hmm. guy that calls himself pro or, you know, because he's got a, a logo on his jersey when he's most definitely not, those types of guys, posers, yeah. you know, he definitely dislikes. But there is a huge culture of amateur com- competitor that is just trying to get good and represent the best they can. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you on, on most of what you said, but I think I think what he was trying to get at, if I'm just, just guessing here, what he was trying to get at was uh, he basically doesn't agree with Botex, you know, what they put out in their uh, right. and you, new thing, you know, that's going to out the amateurs. He's like, how's that, you know? For the sake of this episode, you yeah. also... You agree with him? You 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 think Botek made a bad move? You know, uh, r- right now I do because I I don't know much any other information other than these guys got dumped and it doesn't seem like it was yes. in any. Uh, so check this out. Way um, that was either part, you know, for I for think the, guy. the way they got let go was indeed shitty. Yes, right. The way they went about it was shitty. But if their plan, I think their plan is a good plan for archery. Well, I think I think we'll have to wait and see. I definitely, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like only, I, I, only time will tell. Now, from what they did and what they're saying they're con- doing, I I'm not seeing it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's going to take time. It's going to take long times, you know. Yeah, I think it's going to take a like a year plus. Yeah, I, I don't see them, you know, getting a whole bunch of new people into into archery or into target archery or into hunting with by you know uh-huh. letting those guys go. I think uh, they could have they could have marketed it a little better, and you know, and yeah, I think they could have done it in a less like we're the fucking right. bad guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they could just yeah. waited out the contracts on these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I just I hope they weren't left uh, left out in the cold where they're not able to get another contract. And you know, I mean, usually, you know, they people know when the end of their contracts are coming up, and they start people start reaching out to them, or they start reaching out to other people. And what a lot of these pros, a lot of anybody does, uh-huh. when they're going to make they they go out and um, I, I think they go buy X brand X Y Z and put it through the ringer and see which one's gonna, which one they like and which one you know. Okay, you know what? This one, I can. I've tried everything I can and I cannot shoot that bow that I feel comfortable with. This one, I could get comfortable with it. I think I could do it. This one, I feel really comfortable with. So you know, they give them some choices. But if this happened at a certain time that they were kind of blindsided and they just um, had nowhere to go. It's gonna be. It'll be interesting. I have no doubt these guys get picked up real quick. Yeah, but I and and again though that like, but if it's at such a point in the contract kind of things, they're like, hey, you know, we don't we'll we'll pick you up, but we don't really have space. Oh yeah, for for, yeah. for you. So we're just gonna give you the the bottom end of the contract. Yeah. They're, they you know, might not be getting you know, the deals they deserve. You know, we're, we're going to 
we're going to spice it up as best we can on contingency, you know, and do everything we can. But, you know, for the outright uh, weekly paycheck, we can't help you on that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, that all makes really good sense, you know. Uh, hey, thank you. Kind of a bummer. <laughs> you know, in the end. Definitely. But, you know, what you going to do? Yeah. So let's see. Uh, have you been practicing, dude? I know you got stuff going on at home, like, uh, you know, family stuff, so you don't get to, you know, your mind is elsewhere at the moment, but have you been getting out to shoot? Uh, it's been pretty tough. It's been, unfortunately, low on the list. Low on the list? Yeah. I need to, I'm going to have to pull out my little 10 yard target, you know, and, and uh, work on it here at home. No, that, that ain't bad, dude. Yeah. You know, uh, when the time is right, you come around to it. Yeah. I've had some good uh, good results from shooting that, uh, you know, the half size or quarter size Vegas targets, you know? Yes. I think it's half size, right? Yeah. yeah. So you shoot in yards. I think there's uh, a huge strength in uh, getting reps in, like just the sheer, you know, getting reps in. Yeah, yeah. So. But I'm uh, with – you know, if you only have 10 yards, I'd recommend people to get that half-size target. Mm-hmm. And I think it really correlates to uh, when you shoot the full-size target. Yeah. I've heard a handful of people get really good results from that. Uh, Alejandro, Coach Waka, is one oh. of those guys. You know? Past um, guest on the show. Yeah, past guest. Uh, I know he just recently threw a 300 down. You know, in practice, so he's feeling good. All right. I was starting it off strong. Yeah, dude. Yep. Man, the Matthews title sure is good-looking bow. I, I just, uh, while we were talking about bows, I started uh, the the title video on Lancaster. That's right. James Lutz is on uh, Matthews now. That's right. Yeah, he uh, came over from uh, Darton. And you know the- who went to Darton? And someone went to Darton. Tate Morgan. Tate Morgan, longtime Hoyt shooter. Yeah, dude. Isn't his family is like tied in with Hoyt, right? Um, I think the, his family owns a, a very shop. well-to-do archery shop, you know, in Montana. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. They are strong on the uh, Hoyt. Uh, Hoyt wagon. Yeah. Yeah. Say. Yeah, dude. It's kind of trippy. Is he is definitely one of the last that you know? I had heard rumblings around the water cooler that you know he was thinking of trying a different uh, bow brand, mm-hmm. but I did not know he was going to go to, to Darton of all bows. Yeah, so it, it was a. I don't. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to call it a package deal, but I don't know. You know, so he's also a uh, a rep now. So it's it's. Um, it's a two-fold job. So he actually has a job that mm-hmm. he the represent gives him Darton, salary. Conquest bars and uh, Black Eagle arrows for part of the the country here. Very similar to the um, you know, uh when Henry Bass went to Darton, he also became a sales rep. Right. Interesting. Yeah, so, uh, so same thing with um Braden. Beyond uh, competitive archery for for a job, 
but still in the archery industry. Yeah. No, I definitely hand it to any pro that decides they're going to work an actual nine to five. Yeah. You know, seems like <laughs> I was having this conversation. Dude, speaking of nine to fives, I was having this conversation with my brother about Jocko, oh. Jocko Willink and um, like David Goggins. Right. Yeah. And these are guys that are very much like discipline is freedom type dudes. Okay. And I've, I very much live by that. I wake up at, you know, f- now like 4.40 every day at, to shoot my bow or exercise. At this point, it's just bow shooting right now. That's all right. But I was telling my brother, like, I don't know if discipline equals freedom. It feels like discipline equals falling asleep in my in my car at lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm fucking exhausted trying Lynch. to do this discipline thing. Well... Hey, but you know what they say, you know, you get up first early in the morning and you exercise, you know, your day can't get any worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the, uh, early worm kills the bird yeah. type shit. <laughs> Dude, PJ Riley just clipped an arrow into his Matthews. He's only at a top knock set, no bottom knock set. Ooh. What the fuck? PJ Riley, you fucking weirdo. Anyway, um... <laughs> yeah dude so i'll like fall asleep in my car and then my my alarm is david goggins yelling who's gonna carry the boat and then i fucking wake up and i'm like oh i need to get back to work gotta carry the logs gotta carry the boats <laughs> yeah dude so i don't know i'm trying to do the discipline thing but fuck dude do those guys work does, does goggins you know, work a nine to five i don't think he does I- he doesn't have time to work a nine to five oh, for uh... boo fucking who? I'm too busy exercising and <laughs> flying you know, to Joe Rogan's house. Yeah, Joe Rogan going, you know, giving uh, dissertations to whatever groups will have them. <laughs> it's the, they're like, I'm too busy to work a nine to five. I'm too busy doing whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> It's okay, you know they they protected the United States. I think it's uh, it's it's okay. What's that? What about the U.S.? They protected the U.S. They can they can go do what they want. Yeah, they've earned it. Yeah, but damn, it's like uh, I want to. I don't know. Maybe I'll be the first. I'll be the first discipline equals freedom guy that does the nine to five. Cam Haynes did it for a short time, but now he's like. I'm just gonna sell Ford trucks and do Dynaball. Yeah, I mean the same thing. He was the same way, you know. He it's like he got up at four o'clock in the morning, and went exercised, lifted weights, shot his bow. I know, dude. What do you think? His wife is just at home flicking the bean to <laughs> interracial <laughs> porn or what? Like, what do you do when you're that lonely, dude? <laughs> I, I think he he definitely has his day mapped out every day mm-hmm. on how and why there's there's no off days for him yeah um and people you know him and winklehawk and however you say his name you know jocko willinick willinick whatever mm-hmm. uh winklehawk that's a race car driver sorry <laughs> good yeah good that's that little speech he had everybody uh do yourself a favor if you're feeling a little down, go look up Jocko and, and his good speech. That dude, me and Jim, we live by it. <laughs> we fucking live by it. Yeah. I remember. Hey, get, I cut my finger off. <laughs> good. Good. 
more time to make more blood and skin. You only use the middle finger anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought I was going to, you know, there was a chance where I was about to have a second kid here and I thought my life was over. Jim was like, Uh good, more excuses for when you don't win archery events. Right. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) So, yeah. Well, that's pretty much all of the news. Uh, I wanted to share a personal story to close close out this episode with. Something funny that happened to me this last week. Uh, My parents came up, and we were talking about – this is not archery. So if if oh. anyone is like, you know, hoping for more archery, this is that was it. We, we we covered it. This is Wendell Turn. Hit, hit the cat uh, turn off the podcast if you don't want to hear it. Yeah. So if you guys want to hear a funny story, um back in 1995, my dog died. <laughs> dog. I was uh 11 years old and my dog's name was Puff. He was a German Shepherd Chow. He looked like he was just a big puffy German Shepherd. Okay. And um yeah, he was my he was my dog. He was he was smelly. He fucking lived outside in a doghouse. And I remember when he's getting old, he would just lay around. He wouldn't go anywhere. He'd just lay in lay in his doghouse all day. And then the flood, I don't know if you guys remember, in ninety five in California it rained for like three months. The great flood of ninety five. Exactly, the flood of ninety five. And then I remember when the egg came home and my parents were like, hey, Puff died. And I just thought, I remember asking my parents, is it because of the rain? Did he die because of the rain? And they said, yeah. And then I thought, okay. So I told people, like, you know, people said, well, what happened to your dog? I said, oh, he died in the, you know, the flood got him. Um, you know, the elements got him. And uh, what was it, like three days ago, I'm talking to my parents, and I'm talking about the dogs we have now are really fucking old. Like, my, my wife, I married into this relationship with my wife and her two dogs right right they're like 16 years old now you get the same i'm gonna steal a joke here this is a shane shane gillis joke but when these dogs enter the room you get the same feeling as when you see joe biden walk out on stage <laughs> oh, God. when he's about to give a speech it's not like you're like yeah go get him you're like oh he's looking the wrong way oh yeah here oh dude here he comes there Can't you go the- <laughs> and they do this they do the same thing like what you pour their food and they just bounce around. They just aimlessly walk around until you grab them by the fucking neck and put their head in front of their food bowl. And they're just, you know, pissing and shitting wherever they want now. They just don't, they've given oh. up. Yeah. And so I was telling my dad, like, you know, some days I wake <laughs> not, up, I wake up. Like, what's that? And then it's not like they want to, but they keep, just can't help it. Uh, they, they can't help it. They just, they're like, I'm old. They look at yeah. me and they're like, fuck you. I'm just going to piss and shit right here. And what are you going to do about it? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm, <laughs> I live in California, so nothing. But like there are days that I wake up and those dogs, I, I'll watch them to see if they're breathing. And I'll wait like a good 10 seconds. And I'm like, oh my God, is today the day? Yeah. And then I'll see him go, <gasps> and I'll go, ah, damn it. <laughs> I gotta go feed him, I guess. Yeah. And so I'm telling my dad about this and he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, what are you going to do? It's not like with Puff. And I'm like, what do you mean like Puff? And he goes, you know, I shot Puff in the head. And I was like, what? <laughs> I thought Puff died from the flood. And my dad goes, no, I told you about this. And I said, no. 
you never told me about this. He goes, 22? Square in the forehead? And I was like, no! (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) And he goes, well, you know, Puff broke his hip, remember? And I said, no. I just remember him laying around because he's old. So the story goes, you know, Dad takes Puff, drives him out to the countryside, close to where we go hunting now. Yeah. And just 22'd him in the forehead. And he said it was real clean. Puff went down, you know, almost no blood. Right. Wrapped him in a towel, brought him home, and had me dig the fucking hole in the backyard for him. And I remember, and I just never looked in the, I never looked in the towel, or under the towel, in the blanket, to see Puff. So, kind of funny. You can, it, it reminded me of when we were talking about when you take breaks from archery, right? Here, I can bring it back to archery. If you take a break long enough, you can kind of outpace your demons, right? Sure. My parents literally waited long enough to outpace trauma. <laughs> <laughs> they get told me this story, and now I'm just like, well, shit, well, you know, I want to shoot these dogs right now. I just can't, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I, was, I also was telling you, uh, there's more than a few times I think a, a lot of people can find out that their dog didn't get lost. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, didn't run away. You know, I think uh, <laughs> dad, dad, there's the dad out there who uh, did what needed to be done for these animals in their days, true, you know. True. But I feel like a 40 year old. Try to cover, you know, shield their children from true the trauma. I do feel like a 40 year old, though, that still believes in Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> like I've been telling people, hey, have you been good this year for like forty years? Yeah, not knowing that Dad fucking busted a cap at my dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, uh, things need to be done. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they can't. We can't speak to them, and uh, we gotta we gotta do what's right by them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's people out there who will spend thousands of dollars to you know yes to euthanize their their old dogs well no to try to oh keep them alive to keep them alive for just a little bit longer you know and, and who's is that really benefiting the animal or is it you know yeah probably not i prolonging. Uh, i actually googled how to home euthanize a dog like diy euthanize a dog oh my gosh turns out that's illegal and i'm yes. for sure on a watch list now <laughs> 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 so, what a dumb way to get on a watch list. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in, in your great, giant circle of friends, you don't have anybody who works for the uh, the dog cat local dog catcher, or not anymore. No, no. I used to I used to date someone that put dogs down pretty regularly. Ah, uh, okay. But again, all that stuff's really controlled. Like the the drug that's used is yeah, ketamine. the blue juice. I had a, I had a, my brother-in-law used to work for a local dog catcher here and that's what they, they, uh, that's what it went by. Oh yeah. The blue juice. The blue juice. Yeah. And you know, junkies are trying to get their hands on that shit all the time. So. Oh my gosh. It's hard to, uh, I mean, I get it, you know, I I don't do (laughs) ketamine, but (laughs) sure. You know, fuck it. Get high on whatever you can. (laughs) But, it's great. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, anyway. All right. Well, this has been a good uh 
it's been a good episode. I still think we got, I think we got like two hours in, dude. Okay. Or close to it. We're getting close to it. That's not bad. I think uh, we went it went pretty smooth. Yes, I didn't get high this time. Okay. <laughs> I'm very sober. Uh, I didn't notice the difference. <laughs> thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Jim. Uh, I'll definitely have you on again pretty soon. Oh, I appreciate it. I'd love to do it and then uh, like to hear some feedback from uh, listeners. Yeah, big um, time. Let us know what you think of Jim. How we think we're, how the podcast is going with me on it. Yeah. Oh, well, dude, uh, I think people do like you. Okay. Uh, I got a. I got a couple messages on the show. Uh, you know, dude listens in Australia, like out in the deep outback. I got another guy who listens in the UK and they shoot unmarked only. He was like, I love hearing your show. You know, it's like, it's like, holy shit, dude, people across the pond. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Listening to Archery Unfiltered. How about that? Yeah. Oh, Archery Unabridged. No, Archery Unhinged. Unhinged. Yes, there's a new podcast called Archery Unhinged. Okay, sure. There, there is another new podcast. Uh, Tim Gillingham has a podcast called uh, like Operation Archery or something like that. Okay. Something like that. Uh, he, he actually messaged me before he started his podcast saying that he wanted to call his podcast Archery Unfiltered. <sighs> right. I do, the, then, uh... I do the hand jerking off in the air motion when other people do that. Cause it's like, you guys yeah. ain't unfiltered. All right. Unhinged ain't unhinged either. You know, I'm going to have to send you that resend you that picture of, uh, you and Gillingham doing the bro hug. Hey, I'm, I'm all for Gillingham. No, it was, no, it was not the bro hug. It was more like, uh, Arnold the, Schwarzenegger, yeah, the, Carl Weathers. Yeah. The a, Carl Weathers high five. Yeah. Except we're both incredibly not fit. <laughs> it's like if Carl Weathers and Arnold both had AIDS, right? Oh and they were doing a high five. That's what we look like. <laughs> Thank God archery is considered a sport. One, okay. What's um, that, dude? One diabetic and one has uh, HIV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like no. one guy's diabetic and one guy's the other direction diabetic. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. All right, dude. Thanks, Jim, for coming on the show, man. No problem, man. I appreciate it, as always. Um, I'll get you back on when we uh, recap the AB Invitational. I know you're not going to be there, um, but I'll let you know how it goes ahead of time. Maybe we can come up with some kind of some kind of something interesting for people to listen to. Okay. Well, I mean, there'll be a lot uh, heading up into that. You know, talk about your practice and other people's. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. I have been taking uh, taking notes. Yeah, I mean, you you got. You know, very soon you're going to be have stuff to tell people about the new um, the new title, the title thirty eight. Yeah, it's a badass bow. Again, if anyone wants a title, uh, westcoastarcheryshop.com or westcoastarcherythshop in Petaluma, go say you listen to Archery and Filter. They'll give you a hundred bucks off a title if you let me know you're coming in before you get there. I'll uh, let you know what to say to get you even more of a discount. Yeah, and then. And for everybody else, the Archery Unfiltered 10% discount at West Coast Archery. Oh, yeah. WestCoastArchery.com. I'm sorry. Unfiltered is the discount code. Unfiltered. There it is. Yeah. Don't forget to check out the the other sponsors to this show at the end of the episode. There's uh, products that, you know, 
me and Jim both believe in. We live by. Yes. And uh, it's good stuff. All right, guys. Don't don't forget the you know. Wendell gets help from uh, West Coast Archery for uh, keep the Archery Unfiltered podcast going for everybody that goes and patrons the store. Yeah, yeah, truly, truly. Like I was like one foot out the door, and West Coast wrote me back in. Brought you back. Yeah, and I'm coming back harder than ever. As one, weird, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't begun to peak yet. Oh right. Uh, and I peak, everyone's gonna feel it. Poor Caleb. All right. All right. Enough of that. (laughs) Buddy, thank you for coming on. We'll uh, catch up in a week or two. All right, man. Thanks. All right, Jim. Have a good night, buddy. Bye. All right, guys. I want to share one of my favorite products with you guys. It is the Baker Archery Products Pro Shop Vice. My buddy Butch out in Idaho makes a sick bow vice. Uh, And you guys are probably wondering, well, why do I need a bow vice? It makes working on your bow super easy. It's one of those must-have things, like a bow press. Um, the shop vise, you mount it somewhere on your table. You know, with it, you can manipulate your bow any which way and lock it into a stationary position. You can level your sight axes. You can set up arrow rests, install D loops, knock sets, shit like that becomes real easy. Stuff you can do really fast on the fly. Um, and, you know, you probably do it better quality than doing it just sitting on your couch <laughs> in front of the TV. I'm not the only guy that likes these products. You guys might have heard of Kyle Douglas, and he uses these. If you have any interest in seeing how they work, check out my Instagram. I'm going to put up a setup video where I'm setting up my hunting bow with one of these bad boys. They are sold at BakerArcheryProducts.com for the low price of $240. Through PayPal, you could be paying really low payments, like $22 a month. These things are legit, well worth the money. When you break it down into payments, shit, it, it's cheaper than hell. Check them out, BakerArcheryProducts.com. Tell my buddy Butch I directed you that way so he knows it is worth sponsoring this podcast, okay? All right. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, guys? You guys know my opinions on bowstrings. I think the, well, I think the top bowstrings in the world are made by Tom Parkinson, uh, followed up by uh, Austin Kincaid. Those are some of my two favorites. I'm currently shooting uh, a set of bowstrings made by my good friend Nick Ingham, and I would urge you guys to get out and check them out. Uh, Flingham Nation Bowstrings, it's an Idaho company, takes pride in every strand using only the best material, 452X. Trusted by the pros, this is true, myself and Nick included. Well, I don't think I'm a pro anymore, but Nick is definitely a pro. Uh, stretch for hours, uh, ready to go for performance. I know Nick stretches the strings under an insane load. Um, you know, and you guys, if anyone knows Nick Ingham, he's a, an elite shooter. He is, I mean, I don't mean the bow company. He is a badass shooter. He's been on the podium with guys like um, Chris Schaff 
and uh, Kyle Douglas. Uh, if you guys want to check these strings out, go to flingemnation.com. That's flingemnation.com. Uh, you can follow Instagram, uh, follow on Instagram, Facebook, Flingham Nation. Um, and another thing, guys, if you order a set of strings from Nick, uh, use code UNFILTERED. You get 10% off a set of strings. I, I'm personally all about, uh, well, first, I'm all about Nick. I, I love Nick as a dude, personally. Um, I love his family. And he's he's breaking into string building, and he's building a damn fine set of strings. Uh, I'm going to post up a video pretty soon of uh, me installing his strings, doing some timing setup on my bow. And uh, you guys can see the quality on there. All right? All right, y'all. Check them out. Fling them bow strings. Guys, my favorite stabilizer is the Carbon Craft Stabilizer. I've been talking about this bar for three years now. Um, if you guys know me, you know I am a whore for gear. And the one thing I've kept constant is the Carbon Craft Stabilizer. You're probably going to ask why. <laughs> well, quite frankly, the Carbon Craft Stabilizer is the stiffest, lightest, dampest stabilizer I've ever shot. Um... For the money, for the price point, it beats any other stabilizer. Performance-wise, it beats any other stabilizer. Um, if you're shooting any other bar, it's probably just because you're shilling. All right? Check them out. Carbon Craft Stabilizers. You can order them with my friend Brian Webb down in Fresno, or you can call Rudy Sandoval at West Coast Archery. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Finally, the show is brought to you by my friends Darren and Bet out in Napa, California. They are the owners and operators of DB Custom Coatings, the Coders out of Napa. Um, my friends Darren and Bet, they Saracote bows. They can make your old shitty bow look freaking new and awesome. They can make your boring stock colors look rare and special. Uh, Darren does an amazing job Saracoting. He does anything from solid colors to American flags to fades to anything. I've seen him do a galaxy on a PSE before. It was nuts. Um, he does Casey Caulfield's bow. All right, check that out. Casey Caulfield on the side of the Lancaster truck. She's shooting the bow that Darren Saracoded. What does that tell you? Darren ain't no slouch. The dude is good enough for the Caulfield family. So... uh yeah, Darren's the shit. He's a super cool guy. He does releases too. You know, don't don't just think that he doesn't uh, do other things. I know he's done inserts or outserts. I think for hunting arrows for Chris Schaff. Uh all kinds of stuff. So if you guys are interested, hit him up. DB Custom Coatings on Instagram. Uh, you know, if you're a gun nut, if you can disassemble your your rifle, Darren can Cerakote that shit pink for you. You know, um, 
check them out. DB Custom Coatings on Instagram. Those guys are my friends. They are the one of the longtime oldest and biggest supporters of the show. So show them some love, all right? All right, everyone. Good night. Peace.